This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But, but nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I, about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get early access to the GameZilla Alpha. Exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash Media and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro episode. I'm Craig WK. And I'm Chops. I'm Chops, yeah. This is, uh, this is me, I'm Chops. This is what I do. This is my catchphrase. Woo, boop, boop. Chops, uh, I don't remember you having a catchphrase, but uh, yeah, I, I I have to admit you don't look a lot uh, like Chops right now. All right, it's a glitch. It's <laughs> I was trying to be Chops. Catchphrase, w- w- woozle wazzle. Glitch, you don't have to bring yourself down like that. Right, we, sorry. you know, you, you okay. don't have to insult yourself in order to be on this show. You're a friend. You don't have to do that. So this week. We're going to go ahead and talk about a game that's uh, uh, kind of near and dear to my heart, but I think maybe even a little more near and dear to your heart. Contra for the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes, Contra. Uh, I love this game a lot, actually. It's uh, <laughs> my favorite game on the NES, actually. Wow, favorite game on the NES. Yes. I, I, we definitely going to have to get into that. But for our listeners who aren't as familiar, Contra was uh, released by Konami for the Nintendo Entertainment System on February 2nd, 1988. And this run-and-gun action game stars Bill Riser and Lance Bean in the far future as they assault the base of the Red Falcon organization and the evil alien that controls it. Yes, and it, it was originally released on arcade a year yeah. prior. Um, and then it made the NES port, uh, like you said, in 88. And uh, there was actually different versions between the Japanese and the NES version. You know, I, I've uh, I've heard of some differences there. Uh, I've heard that uh, even the uh, European version is a little different. But uh, is it true that the uh, the Japanese version got like an opening and cutscenes and stuff? Yeah. So the the Japanese version is way superior than the NES version. Oh, uh, man. It starts off with a cutscene, correct? Um, it also has a map between levels that it shows. And the ending sequence has a helicopter that you get into that rises to the top, and then it continues with the ending that the NES version currently has. But one of the really cool differences between Mm -hmm. it is in the Japanese version, there's there's animation with the background. So in the NES jungle uh, level, you're just going through the jungle, and it's just trees in the background. In the Japanese version, the trees are moving. There's life to them. Oh. In the final level, the background is pulsing like hearts because it's all. It's almost <laughs> like you're in a. It's like you're in a brain stage, so you're inside of the creature. So it's almost like the everything is pulsing like veins. So it's really cool. Oh man, that is way cooler. Man, we got the short end of the <laughs> stick. But technically, I think the uh, uh, European version uh, might have been a little bit more. Uh, uh, you know, they they might have got the shortest stick on that one because uh, their version of Contra is called Probotector, and it has a robot spin on everything. Uh, in order to get around their strict censorship, they they couldn't like portray war and stuff. So it was ro- it was robots. It wasn't real people dying. It was just robots. From what I understand, that version actually easier too. Oh, so it might I guess be. to die in that game, it's a lot harder. You don't fall into pits as easy. But it was because German had a strict law against violence. And somehow oh. robots work around that. I'm not really sure how that worked, well, but I mean, look at like uh, 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 did you ever watch Samurai Jack? Uh, no, I had not. Samurai Jack is a cartoon where they they depict a fair amount of violence, but it's violence against robots. So like Samurai Jack that will like slice a robot in half and oil will spray him in the face instead of blood. 
and it works because it's a robot and it's just oil. It's not blood or anything. It's not violence, Craig. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of still It's robots. Violence. It's not violence. <laughs> it's still a little violent. But I... Uh, so, as far as I'm concerned, and I, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to be familiar with Contra because it is a really, really important game and a, a definitely a classic, but, you know, it defined the run-and-gun series. It, you know, has two-player co-op. You can shoot, uh, uh, you know, uh, you have tons of different weapons to choose from as you go through stages, uh, which we'll uh, get into because, uh, uh, I mean, I feel like everyone has a favorite, and I think that favorite is Spread. Right? Spread is the favorite. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever met anyone who didn't use Spread. In fact, the only times I wouldn't use Spread is when I wanted a challenge and I decided I wanted to use, like, laser or or flame. And I, I would honestly say even machine gun is okay to have. Um, and the pea shooter really is that's the basic gun you start with. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's when you get laser, it makes the game that much harder. I don't get how upgrading your weapon to laser makes the game harder it makes no sense but that's how it is you know i don't i don't really get it either because like lasers seem to do more damage but was like in this game was it like a little clunkier a little slower well so if you shot too quick it would make the shot you first released disappear oh so it was almost like you didn't do anything if you shot too quick <laughs> which this game is always like tap 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 shoot shoot, shoot as fast as you can yeah it's like, oh, no, you did it too quick. Uh, well, we took away your shot. It's, oh. There's nothing there now. Huh. Yeah, that's it, it's really weird. And, and, and Glitch, you'll know a, a little bit more about the uh, the sort of the technical aspect mm-hmm. of that. So, like, what's the uh, like, the, what are the advantages of like flame? It like shoots out the like looping shot, right? Yes. So that that one covers a, a, a larger area than the pea shooter or the machine gun would. But at the same time, it doesn't give as much shot. So. The, the benefit of machine gun and pea shooter is that it does more damage yeah. because of how much you can shoot. Yeah. And, I and mean, that's one of the things about spread is it does shoot 10 peas at once. So it's like, you know, that's mm-hmm. why that weapon's so popular. Oh, absolutely. I mean, spread, I mean, honestly, it makes the game in some cases a l- almost too easy because you just fill the screen with bullets and everything blows up. You know, it's uh, it's. You know, I wouldn't say Contra is an easy game by any means, but uh, but I feel like when you have spread, you have a definite advantage over somebody who's using laser. So I did want to I did pull up the manual for this game. So I will say that this game is highly regarded as one of the most difficult games on the NES. And actually, IGN put out an article saying this was one of the hardest games you can play, period. Really? Yes. I mean, I think it's a pretty tough game, but honestly, and maybe it's just because I played it a bunch when I was younger, uh, which we'll go into to more childhood stories later, of course, but like, I, you know, what do you think about that? So, I mean, in my opinion, but I've played this game so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I just, it's funny because I have the the uh, the manual here in front of me, and it talks about, you know, you've been introduced to this species. Red Falcon is here. It's one of the cruelest forms in the galaxy, here to destroy the Earth. It says, needless to say, this won't be easy, but you have no choice. You must be a hero because if you fail, life as we know it will cease to exist. No pressure. <laughs> and the vile red falcon will rule forever. If you succeed, well, dot, 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 it doesn't matter because I doubt you will. It says that directly in the manual. Really? Because it knows you're screwed. Oh man, that is insane! I didn't realize that the uh, the manual itself is just like, yeah, no, you can't beat this game. Like all other games out there, all the manuals are like, you'll be fine, just try hard, practice. But this game is just like, no, you're not gonna win. I. <laughs> uh, so let's go uh, a little bit more in depth into the uh, uh, gameplay mechanics because I feel like you you actually are pretty well equipped. I feel like the controls are tight. You have a pretty high jump. Yeah, so the I mean the jump will, it, it it's outrageous how much you, the person can jump. It's <laughs> no not proportional, man. Yeah, no mortal man can jump like this. It's insane. Uh, and you uh you you uh, uh like uh, capsules fly by in the sky, or they occasionally appear in like uh, uh boxes on like the the ground or built into the wall. Yep. And uh, so in the manual it calls them falcons, which actually I didn't know until I pulled this up. Uh, each power up when they're flying across the screen are called falcons falcons oh yep. or flying i'm sorry actually flying catapults the falcons are the name of the item on the ground oh weird yeah so flying catapults are the 
What's flying around? Flying ca- so does that mean that they're flying being catapulted? Yes. Like, like they just like like one of your teammates is like a mile back, and they're like, "Well, I'm not getting near that place." So just launch powers, power ups in the distance. Yes, man. I uh, so um I I have been playing this game a lot. I do stream it a lot on my on my uh, Twitch channel, which and, is called uh, the, the Glitch eighty six on Twitch uh, Twitch TV Twitch TV slash the Glitch Glitch eighty six blah blah blah. <laughs> and uh, as yesterday, I don't know when this is going to air, but yesterday I got a sub-11 time on Contra, which I'm extremely happy about, and it puts me uh, 57th in the world. That is amazing. You are 57th in the world when it comes to Contra speedruns. Now, what does sub-11 mean? So sub-11 means you get it under 11 minutes. So I have a 1058. Just made it. Wow. Just made Just it. Just hit the, the sub-11. Yes. Uh, for the record, I... My original goal in this episode, if you hadn't hit that record, <laughs> as you just hit it yesterday, I was going to give you such a hard time. I was going to give you so much heck. There would have been tears here. Yeah, there would have. <laughs> uh, tears of joy for me and tears of sorrow from you. And uh, I do not get that luxury. Uh, so congratulations, The Glitch 86. Thank you. You are uh, a world ranker in this game. That yes. is amazing. That is uh, an incredible uh, uh, honor. I've I've never... I've never come close to a world record in a video game, I don't think. Uh, with as much practice as you've put into Contra, maybe I could. But Because uh, uh, you stream it just about every Saturday morning, right? Yeah. And, I mean, thousands of deaths. Thousands of resets. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> I'm not proud of how much I've put into this game, but... Uh, I do love this game so much that it doesn't destroy me inside. <laughs> hey, no, that that says a lot because I think there are plenty of games that I've played and I'll die a few times and I'll think like, oh, this is fun, but like I'm not really feeling this. And by the time I die a few more times, I just I'm done. I can't take it. I get so fired up. So kudos. I mean, that is amazing. And I mean, if you want to play this game and you don't want to die the thousands and thousands of times and get a game over. We have the Konami code. Ah, yes. It is not the first appearance of it, but it is, I would I would say, probably the most popular usage is in Contra. Yeah, Konami code was first out in Gradius. Uh, yeah. If you pause the menu and put in the code, you get all the power-ups, minus, I think, the speed power-up. Apparently, the game was too difficult for uh, the guy who made it was uh, Kazushita Hashimoto, and uh, he it was too difficult for him to play this game and test it, so he put in this code because he couldn't take it, and he never took it out. Yeah, he forgot, right? Yeah, I, I guess he forgot, or maybe he just thought it was kind of fun to leave in. I, I'm not entirely sure there, but uh, uh, it like ended up getting a lot of popularity, and like it started to spread, and so Konami thought it was kind of a neat thing, and they started putting it into their games, and in this game, it gives you 30 lives, right? Yes, 30 lives. Uh, was also known as the Contra Code, yep, or the Thirty Lives Code, yeah, yeah, and it's in a very, uh, it's a lot of pop culture too. Uh, I know it was in Wreck It Ralph. Oh yeah, yeah. They use that as the code to get into the the main brain area, and then um, I know Thirty Minutes or Less. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. That was the one about the fast food driver who had a bomb strapped to himself. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, they actually mentioned it in that he's like, "Give me the code, give me the code," and he goes. Man, what code do you want? Man, you mean like Contra code? Up, up, left, left, down, down. Um, oh yeah, and that's something we can probably mention. Uh, the the Konami code is up, up, or what is it? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B A. B A. Start, and then if you want a second player, select start. Select start yep. if it's a second player, and that's only for Contra because I, like I said, Gradius, you do it on the pause menu. Probably a so, little slower in that yeah. one. You don't need to do it very fast because I know you have to hit it before the title screen appears, right in Contra. Yes, you do it right before. Right after the title screen appears and before it tries to put you under cutscene, so you do have to be pretty quick in it. Mm-hmm. I when I was a kid, I would occasionally like I I would I, I was a little clumsy, but every so often I would I would nail it and I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm playing through, <laughs> I'm gonna beat the game. And I've you know beaten the game quite a few times because of that code. But I will say one of my more proud gaming achievements is beating Contra without the Konami code. I'm gonna high five you right there. That's awesome. Thank you. I I was pretty proud of that. I uh, I I feel like once you've played Contra enough, and I'm sure you'll attest to this, you get into a rhythm and you start learning all the the tricks and where enemies appear and like because uh, there's like that part in the game like towards the end where like the spikes come out of the ground in the base or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, it's I, like a wall of spikes just to kind of 
slap you in the face if you're not ready to move out of the way. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I feel like when you don't know what's coming and stuff and when you get caught off guard, it's pretty scary. You don't know what to do and you die a bunch. But like as soon as you know what you're doing, it's not that bad. And I feel like that's – I think Contra is – you know, we, ta- we mentioned before that it's sort of uh, – you know, like the the most difficult of Nintendo games. It is like the definition of Nintendo hard. But I don't know. I feel like there are games that are are more punishing be, with like bad controls and stuff because Contra has amazingly tight controls. It's just such a smooth experience. And like when you die, I feel like it's one of those games where it's like, yeah, okay, fair enough. I deserve that. Yeah. You yeah, know, you do feel like you create your own problems in that game. Absolutely. I mean, there is a lot of there is some RNG with the, the random enemies that come up. But for the most part, you are correct. It is it is self-inflicted. Yeah, it, I feel like any game where the controls are that tight and that responsive, it it you know I mean you you have nobody to blame but yourself, and it sometimes that's even more frustrating. But uh, all in all, I think it makes for a much much better gaming experience. You know, because like you know there are so many other games out there where you know you play them and it's like oh I didn't hit that button. But that's what happened. Whoops. You know, but in Contra, it's it's all on you. Now, uh, I, I I do want to say, because, like, the, the game itself is, is you know, uh, pretty standard. You always run to the right and shoot, except for when you don't. Yes. So there are, like, a multitude of levels that aren't the typical run-and-gun style. Yeah, there's three styles in this game. So you do start level one as a shooting platformer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, base one, which is the second level, you are standing in front of the screen and shooting away from it. So it's mm-hmm. not so it's not a platformer at that point. It's just kind of more like a shooter. It's like a third-person yeah. shooter almost. Yeah, yeah. And then in the level after that is Waterfall, which you are jumping upward. So it's more like a upward platformer. And Nintendo had uh, sometimes had a hard time with, uh, uh, like, horizontal scrolling was easy for them. Vertical was a little tougher, so it's kind of interesting that they they did a pretty good job with it in this yeah. game. Um, and then uh, uh, the the overhead view is, isn't is in this game. That's in uh, Super C, right? That's in Super C? That's yep. in Super C, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and they also have that in uh, in Contra Three. Oh yeah, Alien game. Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was this was the one that they just did mostly platforming for. That's right. And uh, uh, the bosses are almost kind of like uh, their own little style too, because they're sort of third person. Well, actually, no, I take that back. the The boss, the bosses for the bases are are still the behind the back screen uh, view, right? Yes, that's right. And then the other bosses are the standard platformer. Ones. Yep, based you know based on the level. So if it's the you know, you're going right, to, left to right. It's that's the boss on the right the side. Same, yeah, yeah. So, do you have a boss that you really like, um, or one that's really cool looking? The one I think that's the coolest looking. It's in the waterfall stage, and you know that one does have a name, and I just can't think of it. But it's got two arms that flare around at you. There's he throws flames, um, and he's got a head that you have to shoot at afterwards. And oh, it is a re- yeah, it is a reoccurring enemy in the Contra series. Oh yeah. So I know that he is in the in the Super C. Uh, he does show an appearance in the final levels of Contra 3. Oh, right. So, yeah, it is a reoccurring character. And I, that one probably is my favorite. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. I, I also, I don't know why I like it, but uh, aside from the, the final boss, which we'll get to, because that's sort of it's the story in and of itself, that final level. But uh, the, I really like the weird dude with, like, the, the helmet mask or whatever. Uh, he's, like, a real big guy. Uh, I'm trying to think of what level he's in. It's a side-scrolling one. I. Uh, He's got like a, a weird looking like uh, almost like night helmet on. Am I thinking of? Uh, I don't think you're thinking. Oh, of maybe the I'm first thinking temper. of Super C. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Super C. <laughs> Shoot, I uh, I really like how weird and like <laughs> like just outlandish that guy is. But I think you know what? I think that is Super C. I think that might be uh, uh, my bad. There. Are you talking about the one where it's, he's almost like a creature that shoots a laser out of his eyes? Oh, maybe that is who I'm thinking of. That is in Super C. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of there. I. Uh, but I, uh, so when were you first introduced to this game? I was first introduced to this game uh, when I was really young. Uh, my grandparents had a Nintendo. It was their kids, uh, my uncles. Uh, my uncles were uh, uh, quite a bit younger because my kind of a weird, awkward story to be talking about in Contra. But my grandparents, long before I was born, had divorced my grandpa and grandma, and then my my 
grandma who's not involved in this story has her own thing going on and then my grandpa remarried and had kids so his my uncles from that side of the family are, are a, you know a bit younger so they had a nintendo at my grandpa's place and i uh, i was a real awkward child didn't <laughs> want to talk to anybody so anytime there was a family gathering i ran off to play nintendo and they had contra they also had Blades of Steel and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and like Mario 2. But honestly, I think I probably played maybe Mario 2 the most, but Contra was a very close second or even neck and neck. And I just remember being like, you know, captivated by this game and like the like the opening level, like it's just so bombastic and like the bridge explodes as you go yeah. across it. And it's just it does such a good job in its opening to catch your attention mm-hmm. from the, the sort of opening jingle of the title right into the game the music just so much of it just it's just like hey this is contra what are you gonna do about it yeah it doesn't start you off gently at all i would say the difficulty of the first level is consistent all the way through the game it does it has uh, uh which i think is pretty impressive in its own way it has a very consistent difficulty where it's not that level one is that much easier than the last level it's just that you played it more so that's why you knew it better and that's why you didn't die there because practice makes perfect in a game like this absolutely and thousands and thousands of us later <laughs> maybe you can get a 1058 <laughs> who knows um i was first introduced to this game it's funny because we didn't actually own this game i had two older brothers the nes was essentially theirs um so i just pretty much played whatever games they had mm-hmm. uh we didn't have this growing up I remember going over to my uncle's house. Okay. And he had an NES upstairs. And this was, I think, the only game he had for it. Really? And I remember sitting down and playing it and being like, what is this? This is so much fun. I I was used to Mega Man, so I kind of was familiar with yeah. platformers. I was still only like, you know, four or five at the mm-hmm. time. But I just remember being like, this is such a great game. I would get the spread. And then I'd be like, well, this is awesome. Uh-huh. And then uh, I made sure that by the time I got a job and I was willing to spend money, I bought a copy for myself, and then I never put it down since. Wow. Now, I, I and, and and if this is too personal, we can immediately back <laughs> off. But, like, is this a game that, like, sort of, like, gives you memories of your uncle? Like, is there, like, you know, sort of that link there between this game? Yes, a little bit. I do. And it's funny because uh, my cousin, the son of my uncle. Uh-huh. This is our game. Like this is we like we have a connection. Oh, me and that's my cousin awesome. Ryan. This series means so much to, to both of us. Mm-hmm. And he'll come over and we'll play Contra Three, and we'll put on the most the hardest difficulty. Oh, that's great. In the lowest life setting, and try and see if we can beat it every once in a while. Which we still get to the final boss on hard with three lives, and we still can't make it. Oh, but yeah, man. no, it means a lot to actually the both of us. That is no, that's awesome. I, uh, I, I'm glad because there's a lot, of, plenty of games that I've talked about and throughout all the episodes here that you know hold a special place in my heart, and so I'm glad that you know you have that connection with this game, you know, with your family and stuff. That's really neat. I, I, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's it's all in all, it is such a, a fantastic game. And one of the, honestly, I feel like there's a a little bit of inspiration that I've gotten from this game when it comes to even me running Dungeons and Dragons. If you're familiar with News and Dragons, it's a podcast where I do... Oh, it's uh, a great podcast. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Uh, Me and some of the the rest of the GameZilla media team uh, play Dungeons and Dragons. It was uh, Chops, uh, Grimm, and Jazzy's first real campaign, and... Honestly, the Shuddering Mountain, the dungeon I used with the walls pulsing and stuff like that, that sort of like pseudo, oh, God, it's alive kind of feeling (laughs) that's kind of lifted from from this and other, you know, sort of like, you know, sci fi horror series that I, I, you know, I've been into. And the final level of Contra Alien Lair is horrifying. Yes. It is real scary. So it's very, very clearly influenced uh, or, or inspired, I should say, by H.R. Uh, Giger, uh, who, if you're unfamiliar, is the uh, person who designed the Xenomorphs from the Alien movies. Hmm. He's an artist whose work is just, it's so horrifying. It is utterly, utterly just, it's disgusting. 
It is so disgusting, but you, it's almost like a train wreck. Like you can't look away. It's so <laughs> in in just engrossing, and like a lot of that art is very was I, I mean very very obvious. You know that it was put into the Alien movies, Alien Aliens, and Alien Three, and you know the others that came after it. Uh, Giger's work was was you know uh, it sort of was the the prototype for all that, and. Uh, it's very like it's kind of sexual in nature in some cases, so it's kind of, it's not something that you can just be like, oh hey, I have an art book on my coffee table. It's H.R. <laughs> Giger, you know. It's not something to to leave out for Granny to see, but at the same time, it is. It's very. I I would say it's definitely worth looking into, and I I I've gotten some inspiration for like Noobs and Dragons from this work, whether it's through the Alien movies or through Giger or through Contra, which was heavily inspired by the this art. Like the uh the little uh uh, uh little aliens at the end, like that are popping out of eggs. Yes. Very clearly are referencing face huggers from the Alien franchise. And uh and yeah it's it's just like they're just so gross. Like that final level is just so disgusting. Like the aliens are like kind of like coming out of the the ceiling itself and stuff. And oh. so this isn't a book you would have out for grandma. This probably oh, not. Oh, Craig, let me see what book you have here. I'll just let me flip through some of these pages. Oh dear, oh my, oh Craig, why would you do such a terrible thing? H.R. Geeker. <laughs> Geeker, what kind of a name is that? No, Grandpa, put it down. <laughs> oh, good Lord, my old eyes. You can, you know, I will say, I will completely agree with you. Uh, it, you do see com- uh, influences, and I don't know if it was deliberate or not, if it was accidental, but uh, Predator and Alien seem like these were huge influences for oh, the art yeah. in this game. And even the cover art for the game you almost see like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type there on the left and uh, mm-hmm. uh, like a Rambo almost on the right. I mean, it, it really pulls from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Like Absolutely. That scene a little bit. But in the, in the boss, you know, with with its head coming out and like you said, with the with the 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 spiders at the end and aliens layer coming out of the eggs it's just you know you can see the resemblance oh absolutely and and i mean i i think that there might be some people out there that are like oh it's just stolen <laughs> oh it's just stolen it did you know they it wasn't even all that original but like i think that that using that influence in their game was was really awesome because i mean there really wasn't much else that used that there was an old nintendo game called like i think it was xenomorpher or something like that which i uh, just was lifting the alien movies. It was basically just stealing from them. But like in this case, it's it's much more evident that it's sort of inspired by. It's uh, sort of an homage to it, you know. I uh, and it's interesting too because like and that's it's something else that I'm kind of confused about with Contra. And I'm gonna this is sort of my bone to pick with Contra. And I know that this might upset you a bit, glitch, but you're gonna have to bear with me. Throw it at me. It's it's an ancient you know, elder alien god from, like, beyond time and space. This, like, evil alien. His, his, his name is Red Falcon. It, what, has it been done before? No, it's just, his name is Red Falcon. He, he's an alien. Like, why doesn't he have a more oh, alien-sounding okay. name? It's Red Falcon. Did it just, like... did? Is, it, is that too American for you, Craig? A little, yeah. Is it too? It could have been even a Japanese name. It could have been a, a, a you know, Spanish name. It could have been an African name. It could have been any name. But it's a very Earth name. Like so, the only thing I can think is like, did Red Falcon come down and he was like, like my name is like Schwagblat, and they're like, oh Schwagblat, oh that just translates to Red Falcon, and he's like, oh well, how convenient. Now they have a name for me because my name is impronounceable unless you pull out your tongue. I just like I, the fact that he it's the alien Red Falcon is really weird to me. You know, now that you say that, I almost want to feel like there's a conspiracy in this game. So in the manual, which I didn't, a portion of it I didn't read. Uh-huh. Is that in 1957? Yeah, there was uh, a spaceship that came down from from this from the sky. Okay, crashed into the ground. Uh huh. And the Pentagon just cited it as a cosmic disturbance and didn't do anything about it. Okay. And then 30 years later, the aliens started attacking. Oh. So maybe Red Falcon is the code name. Oh, so like like, like in they, the Pentagon, they they planted this maybe. Oh. oh, it's Red Falcon. 
It was it was created by the government. Now, here's a question. It's a conspiracy, Greg. It, it might be a conspiracy, but here's a question. Do you do does the alien call itself Red Falcon or is this just the like the target code name? It could just be the code name. Okay, maybe that's it then. That makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> I I didn't realize that like the the Pentagon I'm Red Falcon. My, I am the evil alien lord, Red Falcon. Yeah. Red Red? Really? Uh, well, to you, I'm Mr. Falcon, because, you know, we're not that close. I'm Garganaut. Uh, we'll call you Red Falcon. No, no, I'm Garganaut. <laughs> Please call me Garganaut, or I'll spend spider aliens inside your Yeah, your whatever, stomach. Garganaut. We'll just send these two guys after you. burst from your tummy. Oh, man, I wish I was more threatening. I, uh, yeah, I, I just, the, I... Uh, like the the game in general is just it's so fun and like it, it takes such a weird horrifying spin <laughs> in the last level the fact that you're in a level that's like alive it like it like this the beating heart of the enemy is like pulsing and coincidentally the final enemy is the heart yes. of the this like like labyrinthian gut that you're in yep now why uh, i mean i feel like that's a really cool final boss but at the same time, I like. I mean, it just spawns enemies, and it just sits there, right? Like, is there anything else the heart does? Does it shoot at you? I, I mean, don't think it does, right? No, it just stands there, and the, the you just have to dodge all the all the spiders. But if you kill the four pods, yeah, it's just the heart's in there beating. Hmm. You can just stand there, take your time, if you wanted to. But I mean, Alien Brain uh, was a Mother Brain, and uh, Metroid. There's also just a brain sitting there, just another organ. Yeah, I guess maybe that's sort of a sci-fi thing. Is like organ-based enemies well it's almost like you're in the you know you're essentially in the heart of the enemy and i think that's just what what makes it so cool is you're not mm -hmm. at this point you're not facing the creature you're facing its innards you're inside of it <laughs> and it's so just gross. inside of it it's gruesome and all these enemies are alive inside of it and coming at you and that's mm -hmm. why i think makes it that you know i think that's the environment they were looking for in that level yeah no i i i I, I think you're right. I think the I feel like you know like it, with Mother Brain and like Metroid. Uh, I mean that's a very cool villain, but uh, but you know it's a brain in a jar that like shoots stuff and you know whatnot. It's not like you know like in this you're in the insides of this alien, and you have to destroy its heart and escape. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's just so gross. I love it. I, but I, is there any other topics? before I just totally steamroll this into music. Yeah, we can... Uh, so, I did want to talk about the speedrunning a little oh, bit yeah, more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the current holder for the speedrunning record is Angry Lynx, and he has it, uh, which he just beat uh, a few weeks ago mm -hmm. at this time, um, and he has a 9.52. And you have... What's your time? Uh, 10.58... That is not that different. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> okay, fair enough. You're you're the expert, and you're going like to be able to. I feel like in the speedrunning world, a minute is like an hour. <laughs> fair enough, but for me, like for the layman, it's like, oh, you're only a minute and a half off. Like, obviously, you know, it's it's because you're you're playing the same game and it's all the same pace, and it's not like you can, you know, it's not like he jumped into a warp zone or anything and mm -hmm. ended up and saved his minute. I mean, obviously, there's so much that needs to be done to get there, but like, it just boggles my mind to think that like. Your time is 1048? 10, yeah, 10.58. 10.58, 10.58, sorry. So you're at 10.58, and there's, what, 48 people in between you? Yeah, 56. 56. Oh, because you have the... Uh, 50, I'm tied for 57th. You're tied for 57th. Okay. So yeah, there's 56 people in the world. The entire world. There are only 56. But you could get <laughs> that many people at a party, and it would not be that crazy of a party. It'd be fairly mild of a party. <laughs> it's just that's insane to me that there are that few of people that have like hit the level that you've hit, and it's still there's just that much more to do before you would get number one. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, Angry Lynx has, has set his speed run is almost task-specific because Task, if you guys don't know, is uh, mm -hmm. it's tool-assisted speedrunning. Oh. And uh, it's basically they use a computer to figure out the fastest method to beat the game. Oh. And his is almost exact to that. Uh, he does uh, optimize one glitch. It's the only glitch that's in the game, which is a frame-perfect glitch. Very difficult to get. And at the end mm -hmm. of boss, uh, base two, the final boss, there's a period when the enemy appears and you shoot at it. If you uh, Well, I should describe the enemy is two sets of heads that split to become four. When they're split, they are invincible. They can only be hurt when they're together, when they're the two heads instead yeah. of four. Well, uh, if you sh shoot at this exact frame, 
it makes it so that even though they're split, you can still shoot at them and kill them like seven seconds quicker than you could if you didn't get the glitch. Oh, so that saves you quite a bit it of time. Is a, basically, if you watch Angry Link stream it, he will reset if he doesn't get this frame-perfect glitch. Because there's no other way to get as good of a time It's almost otherwise. like a waste of time for him to continue. Wow. Crazy. Yep. Man. So the music, though. We can get oh, into that, and it yeah. is amazing. It is, yeah. It, the like the, most Konami Konami games, it is. Uh, they do have amazing tracks. For yeah, this, for this. they they did a really really good job with this game, and the music was composed by Hidenori Meizawa and Kiyohiro Sada. Now Meizawa has also worked on uh, uh, both of. The- uh, uh, or I should say Meizawa, uh, his ga- like the games that he's worked on other than Contra didn't make me think that he would ever work on Contra. One of the other games that caught my attention is Daytona Twin B. It's a shooter that's like cutesy. It's like a cutesy shooter game. Yeah, and actually that game was called Stinger in the United States. Oh, yeah, it did get brought to America. Well, actually, so which one was that? Because I thought it was called Morio Twin B. I might be thinking Oh, Daytona game. Twin B might be uh, a later one. This one okay, was on I the PC engine. Okay, because I know Morio Twin B was Stinger Stinger. in the United States. Yeah, so like not what you think of when you think of Contra. But they were both made by Konami, correct? You know what? I think they were. Because a a lot of these uh, uh, composers stayed in studio like and worked with the same companies. Because uh, uh, Sada worked on, and these are, (laughs) I I specifically chose these two uh, games because of their um, titles. We'll just go with that. Sada worked on Spanky's Quest and Scat Special Cybernetic Attack Team. So Sada worked on Spanky's Quest and Scat. (laughs) I couldn't resist making sure to bring those up. I'm not as familiar with Spanky's Quest, though. I've heard it's kind of fun. And I've heard uh, Scat. Special cybernetic <laughs> attack team uh, is pretty cool. I uh, do own Scat actually. Oh, nice! Yeah, it, it is it, a very fun game. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice! Yeah, he yeah. did the uh, the music for that. Interesting. Now, I uh, I think the uh, uh, the first song that we have to talk about is Jungle. The jungle, absolutely. So let's go ahead and and just give that a listen. This is I feel like will be very familiar to our listeners. There's a, like if there's another Contra song that encapsulates the series and especially this game more than the jungle theme, I don't know it. This is it is this is Contra to yeah. me is this theme. I mean, aside from the introduction song, it's that do 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 do. This is Contra. The oh, absolutely. jungle theme is is the song that you associate with this game. Um, it is actually used in a later level, the Hangar, which is the level before. Aliens Lair, um, and it's the only oh, yeah. Aside yeah. from bass, it's the only time a track is reused because almost every single stage in this game has its own song. Yeah, there there's a. Uh, I mean, it's not a. Uh, the game isn't super long, so there's not a ton of uh, songs in the game 
but uh, but there's quite a lot, and uh, uh, especially for like an action platformer, you know, I I feel like they could have very easily just been like, all right, same song through the whole game, whatever. <laughs> they could have totally done that. And uh, but uh, but uh, one of the songs that you chose was Waterfall. Waterfall. Yeah. Waterfall. Waterfall is a great track. Um, the stage itself, and actually, rem- I remember as a kid the first time you encounter Waterfall because it is different. Like mm-hmm. we said. You know, it's not a side-scrolling platformer. You head it, up, yeah. Yeah, it's a vertical. And I just remember thinking, like, this is so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, but it was fun because you're you're jumping up on these platforms. You don't know where you're going to jump next, what's going to happen. And boulders come down, too, yes, right? Yes, boulders yeah. come down. Um, enemies are shooting up and down at you, It's uh, and then you reach the very top. Yeah, the 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 theme to Waterfall is really cool. So let's let's go ahead and give that a listen. feels good inside to hear that it, it really does i uh now the the last song i i did want to make special mention to uh it sadly lost in the uh nes music bracket we did previously uh or or the previous you know uh uh stage of the the bracket i should say because uh it lost in the first round first round yeah I, uh, this is the boss theme to Contra, which I don't know why I like it so much, because it, it is a little repetitive, but I just really dig it. very aggressive almost yeah yeah i uh i don't remember what beat the the contra boss theme do you remember because i don't remember yeah i don't off the top of my head oh well wow i i don't remember what defeated it but that's okay because i'm i'm sure oh you're talking about the oh yeah oh no no i'm uh referring to uh in the nes music bracket like what defeated oh what went up against it okay um i don't remember i um I wouldn't know. Ah, well, it's okay. It's going to lose. Whatever it is, it's going to lose to the moon, unless it was the moon. <laughs> uh, take that, chops. Uh, Actually, I think it was on the right side of the bracket, so I want to say it might have been um, the Castlevania Three Beginnings. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's a really good song. I, you know, <laughs> Fair enough. Was that your... No, I didn't choose that, but yeah. it is a good song. Uh, but I did totally choose the Contra <laughs> Boss theme. And it, like when I chose it, I was like, there's no way this is going to win. I should choose something that's going to get more votes. And I was like, oh, but I really like this song. 
Uh, I was yeah. actually surprised to see how many we did have two entries from Contra in the bracket. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was, I was very pleased to have seen that. So. Yeah, it, it's got a great soundtrack. The the these two guys, Sada and uh 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 Sada and uh uh Mezawa, Meizawa, uh they they did great work with this game. It really their soundtrack really encapsulates Contra. You know, it's all action. It's, you know, super super exciting. I uh, but I, uh, is there uh, anything, any uh, parting thoughts that you had for uh, for Contra here? Um, it is an amazing game, and if you have not played it, I don't know where you've been. It's an amazing co-op game. Uh, you grab a friend. It's uh, you just sit them down and uh, put it into the Konami code if you don't feel comfortable. Yeah, and uh, and and shoot away. Yeah, we we couldn't recommend it enough. Could not recommend it enough. It is uh, it is it. I mean, it is the game that defined the run and gun genre. As far as I'm concerned, it's it, this is the game that sort of set the bar, and all other run and gun games have had to sort of like play catch up to it. Sorry to interrupt another wonderful episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. We just want to pause for one second to tell you about a partner to the Legend of Retro, Old School Gamer Magazine. You can find out more information under the description of this episode on GameZillaMedia.com. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So, for this week, uh, the Glitch has brought along uh, uh, a game of his choosing. And uh, Glitch, the Nintendo game that you chose today, what is that again? It's Bad News Baseball, uh, made by Tecmo. Yeah, I was surprised that it was made by Tecmo. Uh, I I don't know. I I didn't think that like bad news baseball like which for the record I th- was immediately thinking of bad news bears. Is it maybe a reference to that? Um, it could be pulling from that because I mean obviously they're both baseball related. Yeah. Um, but it is it's more of a wacky style than most baseball games were released at the time. I was surprised, especially considering like uh, Tecmo Bowl is a little bit more serious for you know for a football game. And actually, Tecmo Baseball came out just earlier the same year as, as Bad News Baseball. Bad yeah, news, bad yeah. News so Tecmo baseball. released two baseball games in the same year. Weird. Uh huh. Um, it was released on December fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, um, and I believe Tecmo Baseball was released in January that same year. Wow, that's so weird to me that the same company, I mean, maybe they were trying to, like, corner the market, like, you know, like, grab up any, because, like, you know, let's face it, uh, I'm sure Tecmo Baseball is a little bit more serious, and this game is a little bit more lighthearted. It's a little cuter, the, like, the there's little animations and stuff, the, the umpires are anthropomorphic animals. <laughs> At first, I didn't realize what I was looking at, like, when I saw it, I was just like, oh, that umpire's mask looks weird, and then I was like... That's a long-haired bunny. Right why? There. Yeah. Why is the umpire in like a furry mask? <laughs> I don't. This is kind of making me uncomfortable. Kind of a weird, getting a weird vibe from this game. And then it dawned on me. I was like, Oh, oh no! They're just like bunny people. They're just calling your game for you. Yeah, and they're standing there in the umpire uniform and everything too. They're just yeah, bunny, red, just uh, a pink, yeah. pink cute bunny just standing there. Yep. Uh, when you I I I when you like I I the throw what is it throw the uh. Uh, like a the ball to you know like some like your third baseman or whatever there's like a chance they might get hit in the face with like the ball or whatever yeah so it's like a beat the throw i think sort of animation yeah that they do so if you're if you um running towards like you said third base and you throw the baseball if it's so close it almost brings up this small little cut scene yeah that shows you whether the whether the runner is safe or if he's out yeah, I thought that was the animations were cool. When you got a home run, uh, it uh, uh, it showed like the animation of like the the entire team like congratulating each other <laughs> and like high fiving a bunch. And uh, I mean, it's honestly the the like the the graphics of the game itself are pretty simplistic, but like the the cutscene animation It's pretty cool for an NES title. It looks good. Yeah. It looks solid. It's, and uh, I mean, so there's multiple different ones too because I know when you get a home run. It can mm-hmm. show somewhere up to like eight different 
videos of the home run animation. Oh. There's one where a ball is shooting through galaxies. There's one um, where the people on the bench are cheering, and then, like you said, there's one where they're high-fiving the whole team. Man, that is, it, it's honestly really cool. I, I wasn't expecting uh, uh, a ton from it. You know, I, I almost thought, I, I'm not going to lie, I almost thought you were going to just make me play like a outlandishly <laughs> bad game. And I was just like, man. Ja, uh, yeah, Craig, I know you love sports games so much. Let's play a sports game. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the glitch. That's just what I want to do is play sports games. That's But no, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm uh, like, you know. I'm, I'm kind of a weirdo in this sense, I guess, but like of all the sports out there, baseball is probably one of my favorites. I really like baseball, uh, but I, but I, 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 I honestly didn't have a lot of high hopes for this game. But uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so honestly, I, I think on my eight uh, bit scale, I think I give it a uh, six out of eight. I'm not a big sports game guy, but uh, it was pretty fun. It was well done. I, uh, I. Uh, However many episodes ago, uh, Xander and I did RBI baseball for Retro Relapse, and honestly, I I feel like it's pretty close to that in gameplay and stuff. It felt pretty similar. I I you know I think that the uh, bad news baseball mm-hmm. <laughs> with its weird anthropomorphic animal uh, umpires, mind you, all the players are human. <laughs> it's a little weird, but uh, I I feel like it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Glitch, what do you give uh, uh, bad news baseball on the eight bit scale? I give this a seven. This is actually one of my favorite. Uh, it's almost like a hidden gem, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, I did a blog actually recently uh-huh. on gameslaw.com and gameslawmedia.com. And uh, this was one of my entries into the 10 hidden gems on the NES. Nice. This is one that n- almost nobody ever talks about. But like we discussed, the animation's great. I feel like it took some of the things from RBA Baseball mm-hmm. and just improved it. So Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is uh, – I, I, I would agree with you. I think this is a hidden gem on the uh, uh, the NES. Uh, the only thing I would uh, – that off the top of my head I could find fault with is I don't necessarily remember any music standing out to me or anything, and I'm a big music guy when it comes to games, but aside from that, I mean, the gameplay was solid. I felt like the controls were pretty tight once I learned them, and uh, yeah, no, all in all, I'd say it's a, a pretty solid game. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and uh, jump right in to our brackets. This is it, the last matchup in our NES music bracket before the final round. The first song of our matchup this week is Akito Nakatsuka's dungeon theme from The Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link.
song goes up against Bloody Tears from Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, which was composed by Kenichi Matsubara, Satoi Terashima, and Koji Murata. We have a special episode going up next week and we won't be talking about the bracket so you'll have to wait for the official results or watch the poll on the legend of retro facebook page if you want to take out all the suspense i have another special announcement for you all to end this season instead of doing an episode on the winning song we've decided to have a fan bracket we've already reached out to our patreon supporters for eight nes songs and now we're opening it up to everyone else we need eight more nes songs for the fan bracket these can be whatever song you want as long as they appear in an nes game you can even bring back tracks that got knocked out in the current bracket. Please send your submissions to legendofretropodcast at gmail.com. These eight slots will fill up quick, so make sure you get your entry in as soon as possible. The winner of the fan bracket will be put into a final poll against the winner of the original bracket. Then it will be up to all of you to decide the final winner. Thanks again for all your support. We look forward to seeing what songs you all submit. For now, though, back to Craig and the Glitch. Awesome. I'm, uh... uh... Definitely glad everyone got to uh, listen in on today's episode where we uh, uh, talked about Contra, which is uh, uh, an incredibly important game to uh, Glitch. One of my favorites. Yeah, love the game. Uh, Glitch, once again, drop uh, uh, your uh, Twitch uh, uh, username on everybody. Absolutely, thank you. Twitch.tv slash theglitch86. You can find me there most Saturdays. Uh, I'm going to try, now that I got a sub-11, I'm going to try and steer away from Contra for a little bit. Try, oh, try I, some other games out. I will come back to it because I do definitely do want to get somewhere around the ten thirty range. Oh, that um, would be great. That's a long term goal. But uh, yeah, I mostly do speed running. Uh, I do glitches every once in a while. So yeah, I've sure seen. Uh, 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 I think I uh, the first of your uh, streams I saw was you doing. Uh, I think it was a, a Mega Man glitch where you like slide through a wall in like. Uh, uh, oh, what, what what game was it? Uh, I think it was Mega Man 1 or maybe Mega Man 2. So, yeah, that would have been the um, early, oh, geez, what is that called? It's uh, one of the the Magnet Beam. The Magnet Beam glitch in Mega Man 1. Yeah, so you can get that early. Normally, you need the crush weapon to bust through the walls. But no, you can just uh, just uh, glitch your way through. Glitch your way through. Nice, nice. Yeah. If you'd like to see uh, uh, more of uh, the glitches uh, content, you know, j- join him on his uh, streams on Saturday mornings. I, you know, since Saturday morning cartoons are no longer a thing, <laughs> that's kind of you know what I would do if I didn't have to work some Saturday mornings. <laughs> but if you find uh, speedrunning boring, be sure to go to our YouTube channel. Uh, at YouTube, uh, it's last. Uh, I think the channel's just Games Little Media. Games Little Media, yeah. And there, Craig is doing his long plays. The exact opposite of what uh, the uh, <laughs> the glitch does. Whereas the glitch flies through video games, I methodically take my time and voice all the characters and do the narration. Uh, and uh, it's a ton of fun. I, uh, I, it, it's. I feel like it's a hard sell for people because like episodes are a half hour. The episodes used to be an hour long. Uh, but uh, but if you're into especially old retro RPGs, you know, make sure to check it out and join me. Uh, otherwise, we have uh, uh, plenty of other shows that you can uh, uh, listen to. If you're looking for video game news and topics, we have GameZilla and GameZilla Alpha. Uh, GameZilla releases, uh, let's see, our live stream of that is Monday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at, uh, I believe that's uh, just uh, GameZilla Media on Twitch, right? Yes. Twitch.tv slash GameZilla Media. Yep. Thank you. And uh, you can get those releases on Tuesday mornings. Otherwise, uh, Sundays, uh, we have our Alpha show release, 
But if you're a Patreon member, you get early access to that on Thursdays. And there's also a Last Action Podcast where, you know, we've talked about some of these action movies. You may end up uh, hearing about them on Last Action Podcast as LPJ and Sphinx talk about uh, uh, some classic uh, action movies. That's released on Mondays. Yes. And then be sure on Wednesdays to check out Noobs and Dragons where Craig will take Noobs, Chops, Grimlock and Jazzy yep. through the most insane campaign you will ever hear in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> uh, I speak speaking for myself. I love the show. It's probably my favorite show on Games on Media. Is it? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad uh, uh, that you know. Glad to hear that Legend of Retro is is, is hit second place in your heart, and that my it's a, it's flagship a trash show. show. It's a trash show. <laughs> Legend of Retro is trash. trash. <laughs> Legend of Retro is garbage, <laughs> and all the people out of there stupid. Stupid. Oh, stupid. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, that's okay. Uh, we'll uh, <laughs> fix that in post. Otherwise, uh, uh, definitely glad that uh, you guys got to uh, listen in on us talking about Contra. And we will see you next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.